and welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter-ish at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet for me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you this wonderful, if, well, foggy day here. Okay. Yeah. Good to see you, too. Yeah. It's Oregon for you. It is. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, we've got quite the stretch of words and ideas to be exploring with everybody today. So let's just stroll right towards it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the second half of Ephesians chapter two. Now, if you haven't had a chance to read Brandon's translation, uh, well, for those of you joining on YouTube or Facebook, we do have the translation up on the screen. Uh, we'll have that up here momentarily. Uh, and for those of you listening, we encourage you to read through it through a link in the show notes. The link you have there will also have footnotes in it where it gets extra, extra nerdy. So go ahead and do that. Um, we're going to be uh, talking through, let's see, first in uh, Ephesians 2 verse 11 with footnote P, we're going to talk about that phrase biologically other people, where there's usually Gentiles in the flesh. Later in that verse, verse 11, with footnote Q, uh, talking about the foreskin versus un the uncircumcised. Uh, then jumping down to verse 15 with footnote V, the word, well, <laughs> doesn't seem that interesting, but it will. Uh, the word person instead of the word man. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. And then we're going to end in verse 16 with footnote W, which will actually also have a little loop back to 14. Uh, this word hostility. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. So go ahead. And if you're listening, hit pause. Make sure you are able to read through this before we get even nerdier. Right, so that very first verse there, could you read it through for us and uh, set us up? Yeah. Therefore, remember that those of you who used to be biologically other people groups and called the foreskin by the so-called circumcision, which is physically done by hand, that you used to be at the time without Christ. And I'll stop there for now. And on it goes, yeah. and on as it goes. usual with yeah. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so biologically so we, other groups. Yeah, it's just other people groups. It's not biologically is not a word that I typically expect to hear in the Bible. Um, yeah, yeah, but what it is is that like so the Gentiles in the flesh is a, a more traditional. I don't know if that's exactly how everyone else does it, but that's kind of the the typical feel to it. Um, ethnoi being the Greek word there, and I think we've talked before about what that it like there was capital g gentiles is a kind of a weird way to translate that honestly like it it literally means like ethnicity like people group and mm -hmm. it could be it's usually used in scripture to mean other people groups but also my own as the as, or paul's own as jews was an ethnos right too um 
So it just depends on how it's being used is the best way to do it. But the, the sharp divide of Gentiles as a, an entire group lumped all together, just everybody else is, is a little strange. Um, yeah, and then you have that really fun word, sarks, uh, traditionally flesh for that I've done biologically here. And part of the reason for changing that is in the tradition I grew up in, you read a phrase like Gentiles in the flesh, and it instantly becomes a judgment of the bad people because flesh is bad. Gentiles are the other people. So there must be bad. Like just everything about it is you're bad. You didn't have Christ. So your fault, you're bad. And that's not exactly what it's talking about here. It's, it's very specifically talking about a physical characteristic that was different between Jews and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Namely whether or not they had a foreskin. (laughs) Um, And that's, that is exactly what it's talking about here. You who used to be visually and other people groups based on something that's happening in your body. Um, whether you've been circumcised or you still have a foreskin that you're who I'm talking to right now. And Mm -hmm. remember that there used to be that division, but now there's not. So, but, but biologically, like my, you see in the little notes that we have here, my, my first impulse was to say, Oh, you're talking about like um, lineage. You're talking about ancestry. Um, mm-hmm. talking about brothers from other mothers, sisters from other misters. That's what we're talking about here. And yeah, really, no, like the context is right. Do the boys have some something different going on with the than these boys? Yeah. Yeah. Than those boys. Yeah. And but biologically conveys um, to me anyway, some sense of, I guess, genetic. Uh, yeah. Difference, not just body. This is body modification. This is that's true, and so biologically it might not end up being the best word to leave there. Um, I thought about physically, uh, which is something that a way that I translate sarks in other places, including later in this same verse. Um, so done by hand in the flesh or with the flesh is how that's traditionally done there, but I've done it, which is physically done by hand. Um, yeah, and maybe that's the better way to go here. It just it just, that felt awkward too to me. They're physically other people groups. Like, what does that mean? Um, so I'm just not entirely sure what the best way to handle it is. What do you have ideas? Jeez, yeah. It that that a typical translation there. Gentiles in the flesh does have a certain elegance to it because, like that binary of there's Jews who have this mm-hmm. kind of body modification and there's everybody else who doesn't and that really by making that 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 shorthand of gentiles or Mm -hmm. it could be just other people groups in the flesh that phrase in the flesh really does convey we're not talking about their bodies maybe yeah in their bodies yeah it doesn't convey to me anyway that sense uh, the toxic issues around how sarks is translated elsewhere where it's mm-hmm. you know your um your shitty sin disposed meat sack that god can't wait to get rid of 
Like right. that's not that makes you do bad things. It's uh, way more interesting than that and way more affirming of creation in our bodies right. than that. So I, I'm okay with the word flesh here, I guess. I do. It's a long way of saying I don't have a better word yet. <laughs> yeah. Now, I wonder if in the body or based mm-hmm. in the body or maybe even, I don't, know, I don't want to get too wordy either because it starts to, to take away from it. But yeah. maybe something like based in a physical characteristic or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Syllabables. That's a lot though. Yeah. Yeah, but I do want it like where I first started with, like you're saying, like, I don't want it to be about a judgment. You remember you used to be bad. Sure. And now, and, and that's what I hear when I hear Christians talking about the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, for those joining this conversation, let us know what you would put there instead. Cause we'd love to find something that does capture the spirit of what we're reaching for here. Um, so the next one is just right there later in the verse, uh, the distinguishing these two groups of people, the foreskin and the circumcised Hmm. or the so-called circumcision. You were passionate about changing this one. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. The uncircumcision or the uncircumcised as it has traditionally been done, is wrong. Okay. There, it's not a meaning that was ever found in anything until like Victorian translators uh, in English were. Really? It's about it's it's about people being squeamish about body parts. That's the only reason to translate it as anything but foreskin. It literally it's the Greek word literally means like tip of the penis. Um, that's, that's what it is. And I, I can show you my newest, my newest uh, toy, I guess. I don't know. Here's what I, one of the things, resources that I've been using as I translate. Mm-hmm. Um, this Greek lexicon, which is like the scholarly academic version of dictionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a Greek English dictionary. It's um, a more expensive dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> and it's ginormous, as you oh, can see. Yeah. Uh, it is the first like brand new lexicon that has been created in about 150 years. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. The other, here's another giant one. The Greek English dictionary lexicon of the New Testament and other. Yeah. Nice and thick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it has both. It has foreskin and uncircumcised in there. And part of that is because it was written originally in the 1800s and it has gone through some revisions since then, like updated editions. So I'm, I'm guessing foreskin wasn't in the original. It was added later in. Uh, but that, the blue one, the other one, the, the Oxford or Cambridge, sorry, get my British universities confused. Uh, the Cambridge Greek lexicon. It's the, it was just put out last year in 2021. It's the first 
brand new, like from scratch done in 150 years. And that's significant. And part of the commitment there mm-hmm. is that it's, it doesn't want to continue the tradition of like Vic- Victorian sensibilities where we can't say things that are distasteful and mixed company kinds of things. Like we can't talk about body parts. We can't talk about sex directly. We can't. Um, yeah. If, if words yeah. that are just like about what, how we're made, how we come into this world are mm-hmm. um, verboten, then it can really create a slippery slope towards like just shame. So normalizing right. it, normalizing, yeah, no, for it, it just says foreskin. It's okay. Foreskin isn't a dirty word. Right. Body, parts of the body are not bad. Mm-hmm. They're not inappropriate to say around people. In fact, your three-year-old boy should know that what's between his legs is called a penis. Probably should know that there's part of it that's called a foreskin. Like that's that should be what you're using to talk about it. That is an important part of having no shame. Yeah. And honestly, avoiding sexual abuse, like knowing what to call it, how it's supposed to be talked about is helps prevent yeah. being abused or helps responding to abuse if it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, this is important. And then even, uh, even in the context, I think it sh- is even a little bit more apparent in there's like parallels to Colossians where the same kinds of like foreskin and circumcision are paired like this. Uh, it's even clearer there, I think, but there's this like almost like this kind of irreverent joke that that Paul's doing. Like the people are saying, "Yeah, you're part of the body, the foreskin," as a way to dismiss people who are not Jewish as less than, mm. because they're being told by Paul, everyone's part of one body, many parts. You know, like this language that we've, you know, you can't say to the hand, "I don't need you," and they're they're like, "Yeah." yeah, you're the body, you're the foreskin, you know? And, right. And you're therefore cut off to act. for us to be who we are. You have to be right. cut off. Yeah. We don't need you. What a shitty and, pun. You're using that to punch. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a yeah. Punch. And <laughs> yeah. And you don't get like, that's there. That's, that's the yeah. text, but you don't get to see the nuance of that. If you're like trying to like soften it so that you're, cause you're too squeamish to say the word foreskin. Mm-hmm. yeah this is all about as we'll continue on in the next points all about making sure that all the parts are united and and valuing each other and so that showing that is an important part of this yeah absolutely well that theme of how Jew and Gentile have been alienated and kept apart and are being brought together in this one new person is the, is the real theme of um, really the first two, three chapters of Ephesians, but particularly this stretch, this is a focal point where he's saying, so all that stuff about, about Jesus making God, making all things in one in Jesus Christ was a, a verse one ten and 11, that area, um, the cosmic unifi- unification and coming together and al- overcoming of alienations comes mm-hmm. to the head, so to speak, here in the circumcision versus foreskin question. 
Mm-hmm. And there has been a alienation built into our, not just our bodies, but our sacred architecture. Right. Um, which we're going to, I'm jumping ahead to how we're going to end on. Uh, but the next one is right there in verse 15. This uh, God is making one new person. Usually it's one new man, right? It is usually one new man. Um and this is another one of those words that I'm like vehement and passionate about. Like, don't do that. Um, right. It's the Greek word anthropos, which literally just means like human or person. Mm-hmm. Or, and sometimes it's used collectively as like humanity. Um, and it, that's it. Like it is occasionally used opposite woman to me and man, but unless that's actually in the specific context where it's being paired and contrasted, it's not appropriate to translate it as man because it's not about males. It's about a person. Yeah. Um, which gets a little bit awkward occasionally in translating English because we have, we have so much of an obsession about designating people based on their gender as we're talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's a little unnatural to talk about this person. We want to say this woman or this guy or this man. Um, yeah. For some yeah. reason, it feels like we're supposed to clarify for some reason when it when it doesn't have any bearing on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is here. And part of what makes it even more relevant, besides just like honoring that it doesn't mean man and it literally means person or human um, is that this is not talking about an individual. This isn't about me or you or any other one person. This is about the body of Christ and this image, this metaphor that Paul comes back to over and over again of the, the church, everyone who has uh, aligned themselves with jesus being mm-hmm. one entity and needing to see each other as part of the same entity that like me becomes we and we're yeah there's distinctions between us we're different parts but we really are connected in a way that cannot be disconnected yeah in, in christ distinctions do not become divisions mm-hmm. otherwise they remain demonic right yeah 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 so changing the word uh, from what it's usually man to person just frees us from the monogendering of God or the the sort of vanilla vanilla human yeah or the church like right that's that's what's happening here we don't we're not fundamentally masculine as the church or as humans so mm-hmm. there's no reason yes our language is like Greek has oh and and English up till fairly recently, man, it can be mankind is used for all humans. However, mm-hmm. how s- silly that is. Yeah. But we, we, we don't have to stay in that. We can just go ahead and say person or humanity. I, right. I wanted to suggest humanity, but I think, I, I think I like person more because it keeps moving. We are made one in the person of Christ, the flesh of Christ reconciled. Uh, into one body through the cross. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So humanity kind of thins out that uh, rhetorical momentum. So, yeah. And two, it's not even just like, I want to update the Greek, like just like English is shifting, the Greek should shift with it. It's, it's actually a separate word. Like this is anthropos. Man has its own word on there. Uh, <laughs> and then there, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but there's another third word that's specifically translated as male. Uh, that's where you get like Galatians, neither male and female. Like mm. that's, mm-hmm. that's a different word than this one or on air. Um this one is person. It's not gendered. Right. Right. I like it. I like it. So let's get to this final question here with uh, verse 16. Could you uh, read it through? We're talking about the word hostility. Yeah. So after you create that new person and reconcile them both in the interest of God into one body through the cross, having eliminated the hostility with himself. So there's a few different pieces to unpack in that. Um, The hostility is a big piece of that. And then I have footnote W as part of the things to talk about in this, um, which isn't on hostility, but it's part of it. So I have it on the interest of God. Yeah. Uh, A lot of times you'll see translations do reconcile them both with god into one body and i think that's wrong in the context but grammatically it's very flexible here like what the connection is there's not actually a pronoun in the greek here to to help clarify and even the pronouns have a lot of wiggle room anyway not pronoun preposition there's not a preposition here um to help clarify it it's just like a form of the word God called the date of case that shows that it's the indirect object. It's connected and receiving an action somehow. Um, and it doesn't specify. So it takes really looking at the context to figure out what is the connection between these words. Um, wow. Like you and can't not do some interpretation. You have to, yeah, you have to, I mean, that's part of, in understanding anybody any language at any point is we use what's around it to make sense of it you know and all the more so when it's it, this it, it's not like you can just string the words across like here's the greek and then below it you can scribble in the english word and the structure works oh just yeah, fine this, the word order in greek is very different than in it's english. everywhere it's, it's weird <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um so part of the clue of what helps me get there is the word hostility Mm -hmm. that is both here in verse 16 and back in verse 14. Um, And part of that is that it's really clear in 14, what it's talking about. Um, So I can read that. So, So that's because he being Christ, because he is our peace, not like tranquility, but harmony between groups. Right. So he is our peace, the one who made both groups into one and tore down the wall between us. The hostility, it's defining what the wall is. It's it's that hostility with his body. Um, So the reconciliation that's happening is between the two groups, the Jewish Christians and the, the Christians with foreskins. 
um, and that there had been hostility between the groups. And Paul's saying, no, Jesus, what Jesus did made it so that there is no division. We're still different in some ways, but we are one group together and we, we take care of each other. And so yeah. eliminating the hostility in 16, you have to read it with that clarity of 14 in mind. It's not hostility between Brandon, either one of us, and God as an individual. Remember, like in first yeah. 15, Anthropos is a person, not as an individual, but as the metaphor of the body of Christ as a collective. Um eliminated that hostility so the reconciliation is not between them both and god that's not where the dividing wall was where the hostility was it was between the people and that's got what god intended through Mm. the work that christ did Mm -hmm. so reconcile them both in the interest of god toward what god wanted into one body it wouldn't even make sense really to have the reconciliation between being people, two different people groups and God. And all of a sudden that makes one, but like the math doesn't work out. Yeah. Because if, if translators are coming out of a tradition that is committed to the core story being the, the vertical alienation and there's Mm -hmm. a chasm that we can't cross because we broke rules or whatever, um, then we're going to be inclined to bend every note we can irrationally um, mm. in, 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 a, in ways that are violent to the text itself, that are hostile right. or to the text. When it's clearly, this is plainly speaking of, yeah, these, these things that are born out of our traditions that have become hostilities Christ has borne those on his body. He is, we are talking about horizontal redemption and salvation, the work of God in the cross enacted in the life of the church mm-hmm. or implemented in pursuit in the church. It's between peoples and the right. divine union takes place and des- and the goal of the goal of the vertical is this anyway, like, mm-hmm. They, <laughs> yeah, and it's not that the vertical doesn't show up anywhere in scripture. Like, no. like, like John comes to mind with yeah. Jesus is saying, "I want you to be one with me as I am one with the Father, and then yeah. you'll be one with the Father." Like, that is part of what's happening. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but that's not what Ephesians is talking about anywhere in Ephesians. Like, and even what, then, yeah. in the fourth gospel, when Jesus is saying, mm-hmm. "I pray that we you may." You all may be one. Like right, right. The, the, the hypostatic union I have, or however you want to think of that. The the right. um the gotta throw in the terms. Yeah, the, the yeah, uh exceptionally nerdy independent media, y'all. Um that sacred fusion and um circle dance between humanity and creator, between creation and creator. Is something that happens in creation. It's it it includes that hallowing, that sense of inner silence and awe that comes in worship, in devotion, in however whatever words work for you for when you 
touch or are touched by ultimate reality. Mm-hmm. This and divine union is divine salvation, redemption, liberation is so horizontal. And if you want to understand one, mm-hmm. you need to understand the other. They're not just right. it's not just both and it's yes. <laughs> it's together. Right. Yeah. They they require each other, which is why the two greatest commandments are love God and love your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, it's why first John talks about if you say you love God, but you don't love each other, you're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Paraphrase there. Uh, but yeah. they you cannot have the one without the other. Yeah, I mean, uh, Richard Rohr's uh, Center for Contemplation and Action. Like, we're not just sitting in silence. We are right. letting that braid gent in both directions with mm-hmm. lives of divine union right? and social union. Hmm. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love, um, the work you've done here to try to just make it harder to get around that that's what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you consider it all? um, This isn't your style, but like capitalizing hostility. Cause it's almost like, because it's repeated there, it's almost like a becoming a religious technical term. Yeah, it is. Um, I had not considered it. I've capitalized a couple other words here, person and body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've been consistently doing that anywhere. And the image is like the body of Christ capitalizing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hadn't with hostility, but it kind of fits with like the sense of it's almost like it's so this thing that has a mind of its own that needs to be eliminated. You know, the way conventional holders of the story talk about sin and mm-hmm. would frankly probably capitalize sin. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It's worth considering. <laughs> well, uh, we won't capitalize on that anymore that we have to. Uh, let's, uh, let's bring this one to a close. Thank you as always, everybody for your company on this leg of the journey. The easiest way to support Found in Translation is to leave us a rating or review or uh, in whatever app or website you happen to be enjoying this from. Uh, Maybe share it if you're so inclined. That makes it easier for more people to find the show and join the conversation. And the best way to join the conversation is the second best way to support the show, which is becoming a sponsor. You can do that for just $5 a month. When you do that, you get comment access on the translations Google Doc and the satisfaction that you are supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find the link to join the community in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Found in Translation was produced by Perry FM on Chinook Land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody. Hello and welcome to Found in Translation, a week... Ah, nope. <laughs> Something felt wrong in my soul. <laughs> oh no. In your psuche? In yeah, your... that's it. Yeah. My life being. Yeah. <laughs>